Welcome to the Good Question with Jessica Tanderup podcast. I'm Jessica, and I have a passion for asking hard questions and going deep in conversation. Usually, these discussions happen over dinner or coffee with a close friend. But on this podcast, I bring them to you because I want you to know if you have questions, you're not alone. On this show, I invite apostolic leaders, thinkers, and fellow believers to tackle the tough topics questioners face as we strive to live out our biblical mandate to love God, love people, and take the gospel to the whole world here in the 21st century. I hope you'll stick around because when you know Jesus is the answer, every question can be a good question. Hello and welcome to episode 11. We're so thankful you're listening. I wanted to say thank you for the fantastic response to last week's episode about sex with Adam and Carissa from Dear Young Married Couple. Reading your comments, your experiences, it really confirmed how needful these conversations are in the church. So thanks for listening, sharing, and sending us your feedback. There is a lot that goes into making a podcast, even more than I realized in some ways, to be honest. There's hours and hours behind the scenes for every hour of content we publish. And we want to make this the best quality, the best content, have on the best guests we can for you, our listeners. So if you feel like we're making a difference in your life, if we're encouraging you or blessing you in some way, would you please consider becoming a listener supporter? You can sign up to support us for only 99 cents a month, or you can bump up to the $4.99 or $9.99 levels. We are brainstorming ways to offer some bonus content in the future, and our listener supporters will be the first ones to have access to that. So if you want to get in on the ground floor and make sure you don't miss it, go ahead and sign up today. There's a link to Anchor in the show notes. I want to encourage you, if you aren't following us on Instagram, particularly on Instagram stories, come over and join us over there. We are slowly adding more and more opportunities for you to join the conversation after each episode. I come to these conversations with my own perspective and experience, and I do my best to think of all the aspects of a topic and craft good questions for our guests, but I'm still limited by my own experience. So sharing your thoughts and your experiences, what each episode brings up for you, all of that just furthers one of our top priorities to help people feel less alone. So come find us at Good Question Show. This week, our guest is Michael Ray. Michael is a husband, a dad, and a minister on staff at Empowered Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Michael also serves as a city councilman for the city of Mustang, and he is passionate about getting out in the community to make the name and love of Jesus known. We talk about his journey from pizza delivering youth pastor to civil servant and how those two things aren't as different as you might think. Michael's enthusiasm is contagious, and I know you'll leave this conversation challenged to look around and see where you can get involved in your community. So let's jump right in. Here's my conversation with Michael Ray. Michael Ray, welcome to Good Question. Thank you for the invite. It's good to be here. Excited to have you on. I have heard really good things about some of the um, civic engagement and involvement that you have going on in your city. Before we get started and go any farther, I'll just have you introduce yourself. Tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you're about. Sure. Very good. Well, my name is Michael Ray. I'm married to Sherelle Ray, and um, we live in Mustang, Oklahoma. We have two kids, Colin and Caleb. Uh, I went to Bible college back in 2001, went for about a year and a half. And when I came back from Bible college, I kind of got involved in children's ministry and youth ministry. In 08, I went full-time for the church as youth pastor and maintenance man. 
And when I became full-time youth pastor, I started to go to our schools and do campus ministry and and the rest is history. I, I did student ministry for about 10 years. And then after that, I went into more of a, like an administrative role here at the church. And uh, may I tell you what, Mustang is, I'm a little biased, but it's one of the greatest cities to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And just, I love the people here. And I think we have a great church. And I'll tell you what, it just, uh, it's good to be. And we, in the schools, we say we're the Mustang Broncos. So there's a big saying, we just thank God, you know, I'm a Bronco. So either way. <laughs> I just turned 39, and my kids are uh, six and eight, and I'm about ready for them to get their own job and their own apartments. (laughs) But anyways, ministry here in Mustang is just the dream job. I'm just living the dream out here, and thank you for the kind words. Well, what I had heard, and it was from our previous guest, episode two, Jessica Simpson, who is a mutual friend of yours and mine brought me your name and she said, he's doing some cool stuff with the city council in his town. You need to talk to him. And I will tell you, I am, I like to consider myself kind of a uh, dabbler, I guess, in politics. I've always been interested. I've always followed it. Sure. Local news and local issues as well as, you know, national stuff. Sure. There are, of course, times I have to take a step back from it because it can get a little bit overwhelming. But I'm just super fascinated whenever I hear about apostolic people getting involved in their local governments. So tell me about your role in the city council. How did that come about and what do you do with that? So after we appointed a new youth pastor, my my role kind of went into more of like a community involvement. So I've always been used to going to the schools, taking pizzas to the kids, doing lunch with them. And when I kind of shifted ministries a little bit, I just realized, you know, the way I looked at campus ministry, I just... I looked at Mustang the same way. When I youth pastored, I considered if my pastor was the pastor of Mustang, then I felt like I was a pastor of, if they're a student, then I was, you know, I had like 13,000 students in our mm. Mustang school district. I just felt like, you know, I'm the youth pastor for these kids. And so mm. now when my when it kind of shifted to the city side or community, I should say, you know, we have 22,000 people here in Mustang. And I realized for every school district, they have school board meetings. You're going to have a mayor. You're going to have a council. Uh, Odds are you have a chamber of commerce in your town. And so it's really kind of knowing the marketplace, per se. Jesus was really good with going to the marketplace. And so I just started getting involved in going to things in town. In Mustang, on Tuesday mornings at 8 o'clock, they have a kind of like a community meeting. It's, uh, It's called the Positive Posse. It's where you have preachers there, you have politicians, you have realtors, you have bankers, you have a little bit of everybody in this meeting. And it's a great way to kind of hear what's going on. They it's, they keep it positive. And so I started to go to this event and I always started to meet people. Long story short, I ended up making friends with one of our city councilmen. His name was Jess Weinberg, who eventually became the mayor of Mustang. Now with Mustang, we have Ministerial Alliance, which I'm a part of. And so the Ministerial Alliance, they choose every time there's a council meeting, the city clerk will appoint a pastor or a minister to pray before each council meeting. And they also do the Pledge of Allegiance. So they reached out to me since I was a part of the Ministerial Alliance. They asked me if I would do a prayer for one of the council meetings. And I I was glad I did. And it was actually the council meeting where that councilman friend of mine was sworn in as mayor. So I was Mm -hmm. able to do the prayer 
on the night that he was sworn as mayor. Long story short, I, I found out our mayor was, he had um, he had surgery and I've always kind of kept in contact with him. I would text him and call him and I knew he had surgery. So I called him and uh, ended up going to his office. He owns a sign business in town and we also bought our church sign from him. And that's another reason how our relationship started. But I went to his business and he said, it's time to file for the opening of your ward. Your your section is coming up to vote. He said, mm-hmm. man, he said, you should file and just get your name out there. And there was a current lady that was a council when she was already on the council. So I told him, I said, man, I said, I like the ladies on there. I've got nothing against her. He said, no, that's fine. Just why don't you file? And so that way people know that you eventually want to uh, be involved. Mm-hmm. And it made sense. Another person told me at one time, they said, Mike, you could talk all day long on Facebook that you love your city, or you can actually do something and show them that you love your city. Hmm. Because I mean, we all know the the actions always speaks louder than your words or or what you put your name to. So I did file. I, I filed that I wanted to run for city councilman. And I told the council lady, I said, you know, I'm just filing. I, I'm, I have no intentions to win. A month after that, it actually gave her an opportunity to resign. It gave her an opportunity to focus on her business and her family. And she told me, she goes, well, I know the city will love you. And you love. I know that you love the city and the city loves you. And she goes, I feel good about this. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't a quitter type person, but it gave her an opportunity almost to her like a God thing just to step aside and let someone else do it. Hmm. And so because she resigned, it was almost like a shoe in. I didn't have an opponent and I kind of, I was appointed and then sworn in a month later. And what's really cool is I finished out two years of that three-year term. And this past year I filed again and I ran unopposed. And so I get to be sworn in again but I, what's really unique about this is a couple of statements from people. They, It just went from an idea to a reality. And the thing about me is I understand in Jeremiah chapter 29, there's a scripture that's always kind of stood out to me. And in the Christian Standard Bible version, it says, pursue the well-being of the city I have deported you to. It says, pray to the Lord on its behalf, for when it thrives, you will thrive. Mm. And when I embraced that scripture and embraced the idea that God's kind of taken me into this direction. I just felt like if God's leading me here, then he's going to help me here. Because, you know, I don't know if it's taboo for people to be involved in city government and different things, but I do know this. When it comes to the city and how I got there, it just, if you love something so much, you can't help but be involved in it. Mm. Uh, Another person told me one time, they said, how can you ever pastor in a town if you don't know who your town is or what they're about or the heartbeat of the town. Yeah. And it just makes sense to me that if you love the people in the marketplace, then by goodness, go to the marketplace and be with those people. I kind of got tired of the idea of praying all day long, God, please send us people. When I read the Bible, he tells us to go to them. Mm. And there's another scripture. We all know that the shortest scripture in the Bible, everyone knows that Jesus wept. And it's when Jesus went to the funeral of his friend Lazarus. And we know that he uh, called Lazarus back up. But there's another time in the word where God wept. There's about two places where it said that Jesus wept. And the other scripture where it talks about that Jesus wept is when he was headed back to Jerusalem. When he has come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. Mm. And so I really feel like if you love something so much and you're willing to pray over it, cry over it, you can't help but be close to it and be around it. So I embraced that. I embraced going to the town 
And I just went to stuff. I would go to school board meetings. I would I would go to chamber stuff. And I wanted to know everything that our town was about. And things just progressed. If, you know, the mayor wanted me to file because he saw that people need to know that you love the city. So they need to see you do stuff. And one of the greatest statements that a person ever told me, he said, Michael Ray, your church has always had a physical address. You've, your church in town has always had a physical address, but you guys were never on the map until you got in the community. Huh. And that was huge to me. Yeah. So, which means you can be, you can have a physical church building, but if the town doesn't know you, then, and it's like a church spinning the wheels. I mean, yeah. if you don't put yourself out there to them, don't expect them to learn who you are, you know? Right. So yeah. instead of going, doing campus ministry, feeding pizza to kids, I kind of shifted and started giving coffee and drinks to the fire department, police department, chamber. Would love to go hang out with the mayor. And I realized, you know, mayor and council, I didn't really know much about mayor and council before I got involved, but you know, they're just normal people. They enjoy going out, having coffee, and there's nothing wrong with making friends with them. Mm-hmm. If they know that you love that town, they're going to find an area to get you involved in. And all it does is uh, put Jesus in the front light. You then have the opportunity to be that light in, in a town of 22,000 people. So, and it's my personality. Yeah. So I, I like networking. <laughs> I like making friends and, and the rest is history. So. Yeah. I really, really love that whole concept of, of viewing your church as we are the church for this city. Sure. And this pastor is the pastor of this city. Exactly. And you're saying I was the youth pastor of this city. And it doesn't matter if they belong to our church. They belong to me as far as where God has placed me sure. and taking ownership of that and saying, I'm going to make this my responsibility. True. Like nobody has to say, hey, Michael, you need to care about all of these kids, not just the ones that go to your church on Sunday. When we open ourselves up that way, when you talk about Jesus weeping over Jerusalem, I'm thinking like he wasn't weeping over his disciples in Jerusalem. He was weeping over the whole city. Yeah. I mean, he wanted the city to be greater than it was. You know, it's easy for a city to become unrighteous. And, you know, when he looks at the city, he's thinking of the people, he's thinking of the needs. And at the same time, he's he's knowing that he's going to die for them. Right. So he's passionate about the people in that town. And if you're passionate about it, I'm telling you what, I don't care who you are. If you can't cry over your city, then you're just, if you're too big to cry, then you're just too big. Yeah. And uh, Jesus wept over the city. So, I mean, that just tells us what we need to do, you know? Yeah. For sure. I think a lot of times we focus so much on coming out and being separate that we allow ourselves to isolate. And if we're not involved, we can't have impact. Like it's just not possible. So I really love that perspective. I appreciate that. And also creates a burden. So Mm. when I, as a youth pastor, even though let's say we had 30 or 50, I remember talking to Justin Rankin back in the day and different friends about this concept. I said, you know, I look at, I'm a youth pastor of 13,000 kids in our school district. Only 50 of them are faithful. Mm. And when you look at that concept, when you realize there's 13,000 kids, I only have 50. It should tell you, I have a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not content with 50. And I know you're not going to get them all, but it gives you that personal drive of, you know, when you look at numbers, I have 50 out of 13,000. I got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it kind of creates a burden, kind of creates a passion because I'm not content with 50 when there's 13,000 in the school that might not know him, you know, yeah. so it creates a burden. It creates a burden and it it helps to combat that us versus them mentality. For sure. When you consider that, like, nope, you're all part of us. Yeah. 
I, I'm not even going to entertain the idea that there is a them. Like you're, you're all mine. It, yeah. it combats some of that fear that we get of the other, of people that are different than us, that don't look like us or believe like us. And I think that in our country as a whole and in the world in general, that fear of the other, it paralyzes us in so many ways. Christians are not, you know, it, it, we've sure. seen, we've seen in our country in the past few years that like, that idea of us versus them creates so much strife and so much conflict that is so sad and potentially unnecessary because if we could just break that mindset, we could actually move forward in progress. Oh, sure. For sure. I've had friends say, you know, I just don't have the finances. I don't know what to do. Uh, It's not my personality. And a lot of times, Youth pastors or ministers might have a tendency to compare themselves to the bigger church in town and say, you know, we're not that size. We don't have that budget. Mm. I realize it's really not the budget that people look at or how much you give as in finances, but it's how much you give of your time and they see you involved with the town. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's churches that, that are down the street. They have the money to drop big time on stuff, but you know, my question is, are they present at events? And because mm. and, what people remember is when you're physically there involved, supporting the kids or supporting a community event compared to just giving some money and having your church name on a billboard mm. that, you know, what matters is when you're personally involved. And when someone starts thinking about a church or they start thinking, man, I'm, I'm going through something. The best thing that we could ever do is constantly be involved to where when they start thinking, man, I, I need a church, you're the first face that comes to their mind. Mm-hmm. Not the billboard, but because what people remember is what how you make them feel, the emotions that you make them feel when you walk away from them. And if they're saying, man, I, I need somebody, they're going to think of that minister that made them feel like a million dollars when you were going when, when they were going through the hardest times. But, you know, they they felt good. And they're going to remember you. And it might take years. It might take years to build relationships, and it does. But, you know, if there's anything we got to do with the community, it's being consistently seen and consistently active. And I'll tell you what, they'll remember us when they see us being involved. They really will. Yeah. So you're a member of the city council. What kind of a time commitment is that? And what, like, what exactly is your job as a city councilman? What kind of events do you go to or what kind of things are you present for? Yeah, good question. So as an elected official, a city councilman of Ward 1, I represent a little over a square miles worth of, of an area. If anybody, you know, council people with the mayor, we have a mayor and council setting and city manager, you know, when it comes to time, it's however much you want to put in. Mm. First Tuesday of every month, there's the actual city council meeting. It's when we kind of vote on policies, when we vote on budgets, it's when we vote on things and discuss changes in city ordinances. And it's when we look over when uh, new businesses are coming in town and and new uh, permits that were that were given. And just some of the uh, decisions that we make on that end, we have a planning commission that does a lot of the a lot of the hard work when it comes to new neighborhoods or new building developments and different things. But, you know, you can only go you, if you wanted to, you can just do the two hours on the Tuesday night and be fine. And you can feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. However, I choose to uh, do best and the most I can. So when it comes to chamber luncheons, I always sign up for chamber luncheons. I, if there's something going on that's at town hall or there's there's an event at the library or the community center, I, I try to be involved in that. And I'm blessed to be able to work for the church and my schedule allows that. 
Mm. Because Thursdays at 1130, the uh, senior citizen, they're playing bingo. And I'm telling you what, there is nothing more fun with playing bingo with people in their 70s, <laughs> 80s. And my friend Myrtle, she's she's 93. She's my oldest Facebook friend, but she's on Facebook. And um, I realized I stepped out of student ministry. And and when I hang out with the seniors, I realize I'm not too disconnected from student ministry because these 80-year-old <laughs> people, you would think you're talking to a 16-year-old girl and a 15-year-old boy. I mean, I'll tell you what, when it comes to ministry, anything you do, it's just the more you're involved, I consider it ministry. Yeah. Before I was even a city councilman, with my campus ministry and all that, I really got involved in and in going to uh, football games, basketball games, because when you go to a high school event, even though it was a sport game, where are you going to find your kids on a Friday? They're mm. at a ball game. Where are you going to find parents to sit down and let them know how proud you are of their kid? That's at a ball game. Mm. And so a lot of that stuff was already available to me. But as a city councilman wise, it just kind of opens up a little bit more doors when it comes to new businesses, business owners. I'm a big fan of shopping local. And so I'm able to go in and support local business and uh, show them some love. And especially since my church is part of the chamber, you know, it's just good for them to know that your church loves, you know, local business owners. Mm -hmm. So a local business is thinking about going to a church. They might, hopefully they go to the church. It's always respected their business. You know, it's, it only really added, let's say a couple hours a month to my schedule. So it's really Really not much at all, but there's a great responsibility to it. And uh, I couldn't be more honored than uh, to represent Ward 1 and Mustang. Well, that's really cool. The next question that I had planned to ask you, I feel like you've already really covered, but I'm going to ask it anyway in case you had more to say about this. Sure. You know, there's a there are Christian philosophies and entire, you know, Christian denominations that come at civic involvement from the idea that earthly governments are temporary. We're never going to be able to fix things until you know, the kingdom of God is uh, fulfilled here on earth. So why bother, like why vote? Why get involved in any of that? That it's a waste of time. We should be focused solely on building the church. And clearly you don't subscribe to that philosophy or you see them as intertwined, which is what I'm hearing you say. Do you have anything else that you would say to that perspective? You know, the only thing I would add is I never want to put God in a box. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people that pray, God, open doors. I need you to open doors. I need you to open doors. The truth is there's tons of doors open. There's a lot of availability to do, to do things. I guess as imperfect people, we're trying to find God's perfect will. Mm -hmm. And if we don't try to pursue it, then we would never know if God has an open door for us uh, if, if we don't even try to pursue it. So I, I ask God, God, there's so many doors open. I just need you to shut the doors you don't want me to go through. Mm. And so I kind of, I mean, when I walk through town walk and walk through life, I'm thinking, you know, if I'm here, then God's put me here. And so I never want to avoid something because I feel like it's not the will of God. And God told us to go. The thing is, is to pursue anything you can. And when you feel in your spirit that God's saying, no, I'm going to shut this door here. That's fine. You just go to another direction. Mm. I don't want to uh, be sitting in my church office thinking, God, you know, open a door for me here. And God's thinking, well, if you would get up and go to the town, you'd mm. see the open doors. Mm. And so people might choose not to be involved, but we're getting a new mayor that's being sworn in in May. And there's a very good chance, highly good chance. I can't say anything until it's actually done because you never know how life is. But, you know, there's a good chance I'll be appointed as vice mayor. And I was thinking, oh, God, it's like, what's your plans with this? And mm. I was thinking, man, if this helps our church at all in any way of just being known or getting our church name out there, 
why would I not pursue it? Mm. You know, it's just, you know, I'm just going to pursue and keep doing the best I can. And obviously I have a pastor in my life and at any moment he can pull my coattail and say, you know what, I I, I would rather you not do this. Mm-hmm. I submit to, I, you know, being a minister in our church is, don't get me wrong, I, I love the city councilman, but my priority first is the ministry of the church and then city councilman. Right. And so if my pastor pulls me down and say, you know, I don't want you to go this direction. I'm good with that. I'm going to abide by that and respect that. But if things are opening up and it seems that I'm going this direction, I'm just going to pursue it because, man, you know, God likes to bless people. God has always been good with doing things. If there's dry bones, it doesn't matter. He can make an army out of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, God specializes in doing things when it seemed impossible. And so I never want to put God in a box and say, I, I don't want to get involved in that because it's just not what we do. Man, I'm like, man, I want to try to get involved with it. But if God shuts that door, that's fine. I'm just going to see where he wants me to go. So who knows what God wants? There's yeah. nothing wrong with, uh, to me, my opinion, there's nothing wrong with youth pastors going to school board meetings. Because what if the time, you know, one youth pastor started going to school board meetings and now they start asking them to pray before it. What a great representation to have an apostolic person that, that believes in the gospel, believes in, in one God, getting up behind a microphone and praying over a school board meeting. What mm-hmm. a great thing to say that you had a prayer to before that those night's decisions, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, if God keeps leading you, then you just keep going where God led you. And so until the door is shut, I'm just going to keep doing what I can. Yeah. And uh, city government, it doesn't matter what it is. It just whatever avenue. And I think God knows our personalities. God knows our characteristics. He knows the things that we're good at not and not good at. And so it's really being confident and knowing that God knows who we are. And so we just keep trying to figure out where God wants to put us in people's lives. That's, you know, just do it, you know. Do you feel like there's anything that Christians misunderstand about being involved with government or politics? I think a lot of people feel like that because they are a minister or let's say they're a pastor, when they go to events, they have to always be that pastor or be in a pastoral role, which Mm. to each their own. My deal is how I act in the community, they'll know if I'm a minister or not. And so, I, you know, being involved in things and going to things or city government, am I a minister and pastor? Sure. But when I go to city stuff, I want people first to know that I respect them. I love them. They're going to know that how I treat them. Because the Bible says they'll know if you, your disciples, if you have one love towards one another, mm-hmm. the people are going to pick up what, like what fruit you produce. Mm-hmm. And so ministers, you know, when it comes to getting involved in city government, you don't have to feel like you got to go in there and change it. Just go in there and be involved, be a minister in the community. At the same time, let people fall in love with you because if we can't get them to trust us as just a normal person, they'll never even trust the God that we serve. Mm. So you almost got to build relationships first before we can get someone built in a relationship with God. And so, you know, to each their own. I think people are really good at wanting people that are just real. They want people that are honest and just down to earth and real. And um when it comes to city government, you can be a minister as well as be involved in city government. You just better make sure you're prayed up because, uh, <laughs> you know, we we definitely want to do what God wants us to do. And I don't want to do what Michael Ray wants to do. I want to do what God wants me to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. 
it's forever growing and forever changes, but you'll never know if, you, if they don't get out there and pursue something, you know? Yeah. I think that we allow fear to drive too many of our decisions. And I think that there's sometimes a fear that, oh, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to get swept along in some sort of, you know, movement that I actually disagree with or that there's just going to be some sort of pervasive evil in there that's going to latch on to me because I, you know, opened myself up to it rather than saying, no, I can take light into a dark place. And oh, sure. the darker it is, the, the brighter I can shine. And also, I think sometimes we 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 want to hold on to our own perspective and our own opinion and are afraid of how being involved in something like this would change us. I don't disagree with that at all. In fact, if you look at the children of Israel, when they were coming out of Egypt, they were really good at judging the will of God by what they saw right in front of them. They couldn't Mm -hmm. see past whatever barrier that was right in front of them. And so when they were standing in front of the Red Sea, they didn't know what was going on. They All they knew that the enemy was all around them. So they felt like Moses brought them out to die at that moment, but mm-hmm. that God had something planned despite that Red Sea that was right in front of them. It's even when they're going through the wilderness, when they get hungry, all they knew at that moment is what they felt. And it's really just believing in God that, God, you know what you're doing. You put us here. It, I don't see it. I don't know what's about to happen. But I know that he knows what what the plan is, and he has a plan for us to go forward. They were always good with just seeing the problem right in front of them. And so, you know, when you see the enemy like that, they're like, you know what? Let's go back. We had we were we had it better as slaves. I mean, we had I mean, they were concerned about where their food and their water would come from, and they're like, you know what? We had it better as slaves because yeah. they were looking at the problem right in front of them. In reality, God was like, you know what? Just hold on. I've got it. I've got everything under control. Don't judge the situation but by what you see right now because mm-hmm. it's, it's not the end game, you know? So I never want to make a decision or judgment by my current feelings, my emotions about a situation. I just got to know God knows what he's doing. And it's like, the, it's like being in the boat during the storm. Just hold on because it's going to be better days, mm-hmm. you know? So don't put God in the box, yeah. you know? Yep. God knows what he's doing. For sure. So was there anything that you had as far as like an issue in your city or a perspective that you held on certain issues that changed based on your experience being on the city council? That's a good question. Okay, so I used to have a tendency to make decisions based upon uh, at the moment or during the emotion. I've learned to never make a decision based upon my emotions. Mm. I realized that when it comes to anything that is brought to us or anything that I think everything is worth discussing. I think everything is worth investigating, knowing the information on everything, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes on things. And so Mm -hmm. if we make decisions on what we see on the surface and we never get in depth of what's really going on, uh, you might be missing something. Yeah. And so. So we always just want to make, for me, I always want to make sure if I'm going into anything that I know the backstory of it. I want to see the vision of where they wanting to go with it. What's the ideas they have in it? So what I've learned in three years is not to make a quick decision, but rather learn and know more about it, no matter what it is, no matter Mm -hmm. what business is coming to town, what the financial budgets look like or anything. It's always good to know what someone's thinking and proceed from there, you know. Yeah, I really like that. I've one of the things, like I said, I've been kind of a, a someone who likes to follow politics, and I see 
different people's perspectives on issues, right? So you can have people from vastly different points of view on things. And what I've noticed is that like on both extremes, people jump to the conclusion that the person on the other side holds the position they hold because they're either ignorant or evil or crazy. Sure. And if we can frame somebody like that, then we can just totally shut down their argument. But what I've discovered is that whenever you start actually looking into things, people on both sides have very strong feelings about what they believe. And a lot of times, most of the time, they have well thought out reasons for why they believe them. I get so frustrated during political you know, election season by the mailers that we get and, you know, even like ads on TV or things that are specifically designed to appeal to your emotions. I like that boundary of I'm not going to make a decision based on emotion. I'm going to I'm going to hear it out. I'm going to listen and I'm going to think about it and I'm going to process it. I think that's wise and I think that's godly. Okay, so, for example, people making decisions on emotions. I mean, with what you mentioned, you see that throughout the whole Bible. Mm. What Jesus was good with was when people asked him questions. I think Jesus enjoyed people asking questions. And Mm -hmm. I I listen to your podcast. You know, we've always heard there is no such thing as a bad question. And I'm telling you, I love when you have good questions. And I think when people ask Jesus questions, you know, we see with the religious people, they would ask him questions to try to pin them against the word or to see what he would do or see how he would judge. But people are really good with asking Jesus questions and returned. What I like about Jesus, his way of answering things was always asking them with questions. Uh And so it's, you know, it's good to learn. It's good to ask. It's good to know, because the more you you ask about things and learn things, uh, your perspective could change. Yeah. Tell you what, there's there's nothing like making the right decision. Everyone feels good when they're in the will of God. If anybody's made a bad decision because they made it based upon their flesh or they didn't pursue God, we all know that that's a miserable life. Mm-hmm. If you're not in the will of God, that's it's miserable. But I'll tell you what, there ain't nothing like making a good decision when you know all the details, the information, and you're making a decision based upon how you feel God's leading you to feel about it. Yeah. But you won't know how you feel about it unless you research about it. Because, man, we know that us being flesh, <laughs> thank God Michael Ray's not making decisions about, based upon his emotions and what he's feeling, because I'd be a train wreck. <laughs> I, I like it when people get to know and learn things because their perspective could change. I never want to be so arrogant and hard-headed and prideful thinking that my way and my ideas are always the best. I, It's good to hear both. And as a personality, sometimes it's tough to hear conflicting opinions. But it's always good to know everything that's going on before you make a decision about something. Yeah, for sure. I just rambled on that. I I just chasing rabbits on that, but it just just felt good to say. Hey, it's good. No, I think it's good because it applies to everything. Maybe someone listening to this is thinking like, I don't have any interest whatsoever in in government or politics. Why am I listening to this? Well, it, it applies. It applies to everybody. Oh, sure. And, you know, it's always a good question of, man, what made you want to get involved? And it's all I've always enjoyed. I'm like, man, I had no idea. I had no idea God was leading me down this path. But I'll tell you what, with our involvement in the community, more people know about our church now than what they did before because we are in the community. Hmm. I love to encourage people to get out where the people are in the marketplace 
because that's where you'll know the needs that you have in your town, you know? Yeah. Have you seen more interest among your church or among other people that you know, having watched you do this, that they're more excited about getting involved in their communities now? You know, what's interesting about that is the ones that really like it, they're going to be the ones that kind of reach out. They're going to be the ones that that are liking your post, enjoy what you're doing. And I'll be honest with you, if, if I'm being honest and transparent, there's some minister friends. They they don't understand why I go to ball games. Mm-hmm. To them, it's the idea of just going to a sport game. But I couldn't tell you what's going on during the game because my mind's not on the players on the field. My minds are all everyone in the in the stadium. Mm-hmm. That's where the people are. I mean, I, I would love to host a Friday night event at my church and have, you know, 30 kids show up for a dodgeball event. Or I could go where there's about a thousand people watching the game, walk up and down and hand out free popcorn, high five kids and be in an event where I could, you know, touch or be involved with about a thousand people. Yeah. And so, you know, to some it's it's kind of taboo. Some some don't understand it, but I really have always enjoyed the friends that reached out and said, hey you know, what do you have going on here? Yeah. For example, I, you know, it's, it's on social media. There's the same way that I would love on the football players and, and, and maybe give them some, uh, some drinks after a practice and all that. I've always been able to also go to, you know, like cheerleading practices, I've go to to palm practices and just offer hot cocoa to these players and, and to these athletes. And man, I, I don't care who they are and what sport they're playing. I look at them as a person. You know, that's that's a person with a need. That's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's son yeah. needs God. And so, you know, the ones that I mean, I, I know, you know, it's I, I know that behind the scenes, no one follows you harder than someone that doesn't like what you're doing or doesn't like you. Mm. They won't ever like something, but they always see what you're doing. Yeah. And I just know that if we can keep doing the best we can. And if you start having photos of kids getting baptized and you kids are coming to your church and people are being involved, they can't help but look at, see what you're doing and say, hey, it's not what I would do, but they're baptizing kids. They're yeah. doing something right. Yeah. And I would rather be criticized for doing the best I can and doing the most I can than being not known at all in a church office, hoping kids come to me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a social media Adida. I, I mean, I'm, I'm posting pictures on Instagram. I'm loving <laughs> people on Instagram and Facebook. And when I go to places, people are like, man, you post a lot of pictures. You're always with people to some people. They're like, man, that's, that's unnecessary to always be posting that. So that many pictures. And I'm like, you know what, when I post pictures on social media with people in town, it's not for my pastor friends across the state. It's not for my pastor friends or ministry friends in Texas or out of state. Now, when I post pictures online, it's for those people in town seeing me be involved with the town. Mm. Because I've had multiple people say, wow, man, it seems like you are everywhere. You're taking pictures with the school people, city people, homeless people. You're taking pictures with these people, the elders, the you know people at the nursing home. And when people look at you and they say, wow, that guy is everywhere, that's a good thing to be said. And that's that's encouraging to me because people recognize in this town that I'm just not saying I love the town. They actually see me among the town. Yeah. That's why I post pictures. I, and I will always, I post pictures with people. I, I love being in pictures with people. I'll say, hey man, let's get a picture together because people need to know you're just not a church that's saying it. 
they're seeing it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of the Apostle Paul. He went into this square where they were having all of their philosophical debate. That was where people gathered. So that was where he went. In Oklahoma, (laughs) you're going to find people at local high school sporting events. That's where we gather, right? And so maybe someone listening to this somewhere else in the world, that's not a thing where you are. Where do people in your town, in your community gather? And are you there? And do they know you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I agree. You know, because years ago, it used to be really good to do to uh, to do door knocking. When I was a kid, I mm-hmm. did door knocking. I'm not a fan of door knocking in 2021. Yeah. And so it's, for me, it's, you know, it's it's concerning to go to homes that you don't know. And I know that fear might have been a concern back then, but it's different times today. Mm-hmm. People don't like you knocking on their door. So it's like, you know what? I never, we will, as a church here in Power Church, we'll never change our message. We'll never change our doctrine. But we have to change our method. Yeah. If knocking on doors isn't a thing now or walking down neighborhoods or isn't a thing now, then find the next best thing to find people. You know where you're going to find people? You're going to go to if you go to I think it's the will of God to eat at every restaurant in your town because (laughs) every 16 year old's working at McDonald's. Every 15 year old's trying to get a job to mow yards. Yeah. The 17 year olds working at the pizza place. These these kids that are working in your restaurants are living in your town. Yeah. And when you can walk in and if they don't even have a name badge on and you can go in and say, hey, Kevin, it's good to see you. They will take note that you know them, you remember them and they'll feel like you that you love them and care for them. And you're interested in who they are. Yeah. If we can't knock on doors, then my goodness, we need to go to every local business and learn these people. You know, yeah, and uh, that's how you're going to reach them. You can yep. go to the go to the marketplace where they're at. You yep, know, for sure. My my friend te- teased me the other day on Facebook. He said Michael Ray he gave all these titles. He's a councilman, pastor, this that, hunter, rancher. He gave all these titles, and then he ended it by saying, "Thank you for being all things to all men." Because <laughs> you know, one day I'm wearing a flat bill hat. I'm going to be wearing a flat bill hat, being around these teenagers and just interacting with them. The very next day, I'm going to be in my cowboy hat talking to ranchers that raise and sell cattle. And the very next day, I'm going to be in a suit because I'm at the Capitol and and interacting with our with our senators. And so, you know, it's just knowing the people and um, and being where they are, you know. Yeah. Well, I love it. I think it's fantastic. I know we've offered a lot of tips, but if there's any any other tips that you have for people that are interested in getting involved, where should they start looking around in their town for a way to get involved and show the town that they love their city? I, I just want people to know a lot of people are like, man, that's not my personality. That works for him because that's his personality. And I understand some of that. But I want us to never be discouraged. We never can we never want to compare ourselves to somebody else. Just know. In Acts 1-8, you know, when we receive the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, I mean, God's empowering us. And we need to understand that God's calling us, and He knows our weakness. We just need to find out who we are and the best way that we can reach people. And it not, might not be like what I do, but I, I don't want people to feel like they can't do it. Mm. Because it's really easy to just to attend a board meeting and just shake hands and say, hey, I just want to appreciate you teachers, you know. Mm. And if it's not your personality, I, I understand that, but never be discouraged that you can't do this. It, I think it's God's will for us to go reach people. You know, it really is. I mean, it's what we're called to do. Yeah. So I want everybody to be encouraged. You can you can change the world around you, you know. 
Yep, 100%. We can be the people that turn the world upside down, right? I agree. I'll ask you the same question that I ask at the end of every show. What's a good question that you're asking lately? What's a good question that I'm asking myself lately? Mm-hmm. Is uh, does the town know our church? Do they know that we even exist? Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking to myself, if they don't know me, then they don't know the church. I do want to say before I end this call and this podcast, I really appreciate uh, what you're doing and uh, the burden that you have because I went back and listened to the other podcasts and and I enjoy the variety that you have. And um, I just want to say again, what what an honor and thank you to those that mentioned me to you. But it's an honor to share what God's doing for me because I want someone else to be encouraged to do it in their town. Well, I appreciate those kind words, and I really appreciate you coming and sharing your your burden and your passion. I think it's exciting. I think it's eye-opening. I think it's going to give people some ideas of ways that they maybe they've wanted to get involved and they just haven't known how. So For sure. I think this is all going to be great. And I think you got you have a fan here on the other side of the state. Um, I'm rooting for you. I appreciate and, that. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Very good. Well, if you all need anything, you let me know and let people know I'm available anytime to answer any questions on how we can reach our towns. I'll do it. I will do it. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you so much for taking time out of sure. Saturday on a busy weekend. I really, really, really appreciate That's it. Fine. Thank you so much. And y'all have a wonderful day. You too. Friends, I hope that was an encouraging conversation for you. I absolutely love Michael's sense of ownership and initiative when it comes to loving his city for Jesus. What impact could we have if each of us took that kind of personal ownership for our communities and saw each and every interaction as an opportunity to represent Jesus? I truly believe we could turn the world upside down. I also loved the concept of getting outside our church walls and going to where our neighbors are already congregating to shine a light in darkness. Whether that's an Oklahoma football stadium on a Friday night, your local coffee shop during morning rush hour, or the park where your kids play while the parents stand around in the shade. Let's get out and make his name known through our love and care for our neighbors. If you'd like to reach out to Michael, his number is listed in the show notes. You can also find him on Facebook and on Instagram at Michael S. Ray. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, there's also a link in the show notes to support us on Anchor. You can find us on Facebook and we're on Instagram at Good Question Show. Also on Instagram, I'm at Jessica Tanderup. That's Jessica T as in Tuesday, A-N-D-E-R-U-P. The show is produced and hosted by me, Jessica Tanderup. My co-producer, editor, and my favorite person to explore local parks and coffee shops with is my husband, Dave Tanderup. Our audio engineer is Josh Pawalczyk. That's it. I hope you have a fantastic week. We'll be back here next Tuesday with another good question. See y'all then.